Look at us. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Let me share this. Real. That's how I feel right now. Look, man. Who would have thought we'd be here in our kind of ways? And it's weird because I don't know. I'm kind of I'm torn. I'm torn on how to feel, but I've been feeling like that since like top of June. So, well, this episode. I know how I feel over here. I know how I feel over here, but it is like which way I want to go right now. Well, we didn't even introduce ourselves. Yeah, we We got a new standard. This episode ten, people, whole new standard, whole new ways. We're here. New house, new crib, new life, new computer. We done came back to the scene. New rings, but we'll get to that. You got one too? <laughs> we'll get to that. But um, welcome everybody to a baby radio episode 10. That's big 10. It's probably my last time I've been able to do that. But you know, um, I go by the name of Brian Kerr White. That's Brian like Kobe, Kirk like Franklin, White like the color. It's a blessing to be here. Hello, hello. My name is the I got Solomon. It's exciting that you say tenth episode. This is the tenth year of a baby. Yep. Year of ten. And for episode ten to be about love that we both witnessed, I think yeah. it's right on time. It's crazy. It's crazy. So at the gate, we we really having a, a combo for this episode, just me and you. Um, but definitely want to give a big shout out, just going back to everybody who has suffered from COVID. Trying to go through a timeline. Suffer from COVID. Help me out if I miss something. Suffer from COVID, um, essential workers, um, anybody who has lost their job, got laid off, had their income affected uh, by the circumstance of this year. Um, anybody who suffered from any type of mental instability because of what's been going on this year. Heightened. Like at this point, it's probably if if you already was diagnosed or through this experience, you've realized. Um, I know a couple of people personally who've realized from this time that, okay, therapy is not, it's no longer an option. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And we was, we was going to get into trauma and dive deeper into just that, that idea that all of us can use some form of therapy because we all have been through some, whether it be large or small. Um, but then you like to say June hit and, and, like America, American trauma hit world trauma hit. And I'm, yeah, I think, and being, I don't know. I think a lot of people put these very, very, very heavy expectations on themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that I'm a part of a program like a bevy because once September, I mean, June was so heavy mm-hmm. that everyone I know individually, you know, took a hit, whether it was personal work, you know, whatever it is, it was such a heavy and you said America wise, but it literally was global. Mm-hmm. So being able to process those emotions and not and not being okay enough to get up and do what you usually do and that's fine like that's perfectly fine. Yeah, everything was put into into a different perspective. But like like we say, if you're coming into it already having things that you're dealing with, it's even heavier. Uh, no matter where you are, um, no matter who you are. So um, rest in peace, rest in purpose, rest in power to any lives we've lost, specifically those black lives. Um, even more specifically, the black lives that have been put on the front line that we're um, pushing forward, pushing their names forward so that we all have an awakening of, of not just, I don't even get into the what's important, but our value, our voice, 
Um, I find it amazing that we're able to use our voice, even though I hate the circumstances that has come about. It's very challenging. Um, it's very, it's very new for a lot. A lot of people around it's very new. It's like, okay, something has to be done. So what can we do? But overall, um, I forgot what I was about to say because I got stuck. Yeah. To say that, you know, everything happens for a reason because no one wants their life being taken to be dead. Mm -mm. Yeah. Example, you know, I can't say if one of my loved ones were taken, I wouldn't be able to turn around and find a positive in it. Um, but I will say analyzing COVID in the quarantine and then racism being brought to the forefront. I personally believe if we were not in quarantine, tables would not have shaken as hard as they have this time. Um, so not saying that, that there's a bigger purpose in that as, as a whole, but I know with America being on a pause, there mm -hmm. was no way to take your eyes off of what was happening. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's very shaky times. And even when you talk about a baby, we talk about it, baby. We represent a baby. We talk about change, progression, and growth. Uh, we go out and speak when we uh, create things. The focus at times is based off of, you know, what's the craziest thing you've been through? What's the most traumatic thing you've been through? What's the most life-shaking, life-altering thing you've been through? And for the whole world to go through this change, especially, you know, Black people to go through this change, it is the question of, like, how do we progress and how do we grow? And I, I think... Speaking for me, and I think I can speak for you, we took that month off, whether it be a baby radio, whether it be looking in the mirror, whether it be whatever, we took the month off because it's like, okay, this is a this is a change that's not like, okay, this happened here, this happened here. It's happened in the past before, but as far as us having to deal with it, the question is how do we progress? What does even the next level of growth look like? So how does this change, progression, growth really look? And I had to take a step back to figure that out. And then, like... A lot of stuff has happened when we were, I don't want to say younger, but being in college, you had no choice, but to, we're still attending school. I think we, we're at an older point, like, you know, where I called you and I was like, I don't know about this job no more. They don't, you know, they don't align with my values, but we're at a higher level in our young adult life where we have to tap into these things. We have to be cognitive of these things. We have to like, it's in our face. Yeah. It's always been our truth. But as black people, we always find the positive in it. But this time it was, June was heavy. It yeah. Was, it was very heavy. Yeah. I was I just tapping into June because it's so much to hit. So you can you can jump through COVID as serious and important, as impactful as it is. But then when you hit June, it, it, it was kind of like a, it was almost like every day. Oh, yeah. If I think it was 30 days in June, all, all month, every day, there was something that made you like, you know, shift your seat, reevaluate. Like you could either cry. I don't even. I can't remember much that was like. Well, I remember something that was like it's exciting. I remember something else that's like we'll get to that. But for for majority, the vast majority of the month, every day it was something that's just like unbelievable. It's like where's this even coming from? And I feel like it was also momental in the fact that it was ha our halfway mark. Yeah. The year. Oh yeah. Entire twenty twenty has been. A blur. It's been the longest year of our life. We spent, we, well, not just us specifically, but as, as far as people looking at 2020, you spent the last three years looking at, yeah, when 2020 hit, it's bim, bim. 2020 videos, people, all that type of stuff. We see. It definitely. January <laughs> came, everybody was like, yeah, I'm about to kid. We planned all kinds of stuff for a baby. January came, let's get it. Let's get on our, you know, 10 toes, make it happen, shake life, month by month. Bim, 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 bim. And so, it really gives a whole new perspective to this living thing. 
And something you've constantly said throughout this time is it, it reminds us what matters. It reminds us what matters. And it does. Yeah. And we have to learn. It's, it's so sad, but we have to learn how to enjoy moments and mourn others at the same time. Like, you okay. can live, breathe, eat, grieving, you know? Um, although it's something that's happening, happening like huge on a global scale. Mm-hmm. It's almost like when someone dies within your own family, you can't, you can't harbor on that all the time you have to find the positive in that you have to find a way to progress through it without dismissing it oh yeah and i think i think that was the first step for me and i'm sure for a lot of people because for me as a as a black man if i go back to like the deaths of individuals i look up to whether it be like nipsey hustle my grandfather even like my father even though he was absent um, up to like Kobe Bryant. So these are like large names or impactful names as far as relationships. Mm-hmm. And up then down to like a George Floyd and I'm looking in a mirror and it's kind of like I have a like a drive. Like I have a drive. I have self-esteem, I have higher self-esteem. I have good self-confidence. But when I look at death, which is the same way I started the baby when my grandfather died, when I look at death, it's like, why am I even here? What am I supposed to be doing? And I think being able to have that balance of seeing these changes that are that, that occur in your life while also, like you saying, being able to push forward and say, okay, I can grieve, I can mourn, I can dive into that. But at the same time, let's find a way to push forward. And I, I, I think I've been able to do that success. We're still figuring it out. but Yeah, because I remember there was a period on social media where people were scared to share their happy moments. Oh, yeah. They They were like, oh, I'll save this for later. And it was like, no, share your joy. Share black girl joy. Share black family joy. Share that in the midst of all this stuff. Because it does not... I feel like as a black community, we've been multifaceted. We've lived parallel lives for so long that we're able to still... It doesn't take away from the pain that we feel. Like It doesn't water it down. I can enjoy seeing someone else happy while I progressively work for justice on this end, you know? So I was happy once everyone realized that because it was, I think that's what made it so heavy. For so, for a good two weeks, no one felt like they could share happy things. I was like, anything that's not even informative, on one end, if it's informative, if on one end, if I just felt it by reading it, seeing it, whether it was a meme, a video, mm-hmm. a quote, um, even like reposting stuff, going to even a baby's account, um, me looking at my wedding company's account, um, different things, it was just like, you know, there's a focus because I can't lie. There was an anger in me. Yeah. So it fueled that. And, but like you say, you can't forget the blessings that are here. Yeah. Like we all have work to do. We have work to do. That's a fact. That's given. We were born into that, but we can't live our whole life. You know, just, you know, just. I had to, I had to remind, um, I think I was talking to one of my sisters and I was like, when we share the civil rights movement, it's shared separately from the joy that they experience. You know what I'm saying? Like they tell you all the hard work that was done, but then they, we also know that they had a lot of fun, but it's told separately. Like it was two totally different time periods, but it's not like, you know, they boycotted, still came home and laughed and joked and had family time. Like there has to be a certain sort of balance. And I think once we realized that June became a little bit of a, okay. It did. And when we talk about it, okay, we can get back to like uh, the work that needs to be done. But as far as the okay, like as far as the like, uh, 
let's make some memories. Not that your memories were in your hands, even though I was just gonna say I should dive into yours because you actually yours was pre-planned. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I did my whole story. But you, so, you I guess for you, uh huh, you already planned. You had your wedding day, right? June twentieth. Mm -hmm. COVID came through. Yep. And put her little ugly cloud over that. Absolutely. You know? As COVID was going through that, and you're processing that the heaviness of racial inequality in the United States hits in June. In the middle of it. So how was that? Like prior to y'all deciding, like how was that for yourself? Like, so like, like I don't even think we decided to still, you know, whether you call it a loping or a private ceremony until like June popped off. Mm -hmm. I can't give you an exact date, but it was definitely around the top of June end of, end of, um, May that we were like, okay, we still want to tie the knot on this date. Yeah. Um, but when it happened, it kind of it brought a sense of urgency to the actual, to the deed, to the doing, to the marriage, um, to the union, to the love. It brought it brought all of that. Um, it brought an opportunity for me to put another focus somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um in accompaniment with this focus of, okay, what should we be doing? What can I do? You know, what, why is this going on in the world? Um, how can I spread some positivity? How can I do some work? Um, so let's, okay, so we can transition this in okay. a smooth manner. Okay. You got what does marriage and black love mean to you in the black community? Like, cause that's, that's, that's what June was all about. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I've been going through, um, a session is week these weekly calls where one thing we talked about this week was just the idea of a, a black man or, or black people in general not being able to to hold on to their worth while also enjoying their life. Mm -hmm. Which again, you saying that earlier ties into a lot that I want to say because when you talk about black love, if I just exit out all of the crazy things I've been through, all of the things that have affected my life and led me to be the man I am today, I still look in the mirror and say, like, am I good enough? Um, is this the right time? Am I doing it right? Will I be able to sustain, maintain? Um, when you talk about love, will I be able to provide security? Am I going to be that person for her? Um, you question a whole lot mm -hmm. because of your past, because of your present. And again, being, being honest, be honest, being fearful of the future because with marriage, you're putting you're putting a lot into your hands. At least that's how I look at it. Uh, I came from uh, my mother being divorced, uh, me not having a deep relationship with my father, uh, me not speaking to him much at all. Um, the married couple that I knew being my grandfather and my grandmother, um, an amazing relationship. But even with them, surrounded by um, whether it be through the church, the neighborhood, um, my friends, parents, divorced or together, I just saw marriage. In, in a light that weren't, I saw marriage in lights that weren't majority good. Yeah. Um, but as I got older, I wanted that union. I wanted that partnership. It took a long time, or maybe not, maybe that's subjective, but for me, it took a while. I don't know, like I say, we, when we were on the call with Steve, the first drama episode, it took me a while to even want, to want a girlfriend, to even yeah. want to claim somebody, to say this is mine. And then what you brought up, the idea of like telling somebody you love them. Um, and to get to this point where I see 
the power in that union. Mm-hmm. I still had a battle with my own self-worth in that. I think knowing you and something me and you constantly talk about is you think marriage is the, not personally, but like a lot of black men think that marriage is the destination, mm-hmm. really part of the journey. Like you, you've always had this idea of, I got to have all this shit together. Yeah. And, and then we build from here. But I ain't no way I could come to her with just foundation. Like, I at least got to have my first floor built and then she can add on to it. But like, and I think for a lot of women, for me personally, I'm just like, why we can't do the work together? <laughs> that's what you want. That's what you want. Um, I know Frank Ocean has a song called American Wedding. You can speak on that when we get to you. But just those terms, the the what the movies put out. Mm-hmm. Not even music. I won't say music really goes for the they what I listen to they teach you to go for it like if you want it go just if you, if you like it put a ring on it like that's that's what it's been however when it comes to like movies or history just looking up certain things it's really made marriage something that I definitely put high on the pedestal something that was real high to me so a yacht froze so I'm gonna remove her and see if she had herself back but just to dive into like me getting married, right? As a black man, I made a decision, right? When my my fiance, my now wife came back into my life that, you know, if there were certain things that I was able to connect with, that we were able to connect with, then I'm moving forward. That time span was very short. I think it was probably like two, three months. And then we went on a trip. We went to, uh, went to Jamaica. And that was like the the end point. I think that was like July 2017. And so after that, like we were back. We were back, uh, couldn't complain, no complaints, happiest times ever. Um, refiguring each other, because we, we both had grown, we both had become uh, better. Um, we both still had things that we were dealing with. Like y'all was saying, we could come together and then help each other those things. And, and I think that's the most beneficial part of it because once 2018 kicks in and I'm like, okay, I got to, you know, make a move. I was at that point, I turned 28. Um, and I was like, you know, by the end of this year, I got to, I got to make it happen. And I had no doubts about that. I had no questions about it because before us officially getting back together, I was like, if we get back together, then, then yeah, we, I got to make it happen. And I was happy to make it happen. Um, And then after that, being engaged was like a rush. It's been a rush since we got engaged. September 2018, it's been a rush. It's been a lot of um, personal growth and growth within our relationship. A lot has changed in the world, too. But like I say, the main thing is when I'm able to look at her, when I'm able to look at my partner, when I'm able to look at my wife and say, I don't even have to say nothing. It's just out the gate how much she means to me how much she means to the process of my growth, how much she means to our compatibility, even though we're opposites um, and so many things. It's like, it's an invaluable thing that I would never take for granted. And so just that idea of building all the way up. I know I wanted to, to dive into some things with a yacht, um, if she is able to hop back on. But overall, I just tell you guys, tell you guys and ladies too, um, when it comes to partnership, I think the most valuable uh, aspect of it is having somebody who not only sees the light in you, but also sees the dark in you. 
So when they see the light, that, that basis is there. A lot of times we get in relationships and it's like, oh, do they even care about me? Like you doubt certain things. You wonder if this is the right place, if this is the one. When you find that person who sees that light in you, when it comes to like you being able to be yourself and say um, whatever you feel like saying, do whatever you feel like doing, um, and be who you are meant to be, that's that basis. And, and that's where all the love starts. And I, I'm proud to say that on top of that and continuously growing, the light is growing. And on top of that, even within the darkness, we're able to like illuminate these things within each other. And she's the perfect person to do that. Um, even when we disagree, within those disagreements comes the entire opportunity to bring light to the darkness. Now, a lot of times in relationships, it may you know, come across and you're, you're sitting there and you're arguing, it's kind of like a pride thing. That's something, that's something both of us dealt with. But once you're able to, again, understand that that light is there, this person has good intentions for me. So if they're fussing, if they're agitated, they're frustrated, and there's a reason for that, you're then able to tap into another level to where you're actually getting help. You're getting therapy. Um, you're getting assistance. You're getting uh, any word where it comes to, I can go out here and try to get it or pay for it or do whatever. Um, you can get that from this partner and that takes it to a whole other level. Uh, but Keetra's open, opened up so many sides to me that I had closed off. Um, she shined a light on so many things that I didn't even know had something hidden within it. You know, uh, being able to dig together amidst, amidst the dirt to be able to pull out all type of jewels, all type of gold, all type of treasure that then not only helps me, but helps us. Not only helping us, but helps the world. And that's the blessing of love. And so in these times, even though I do have those dark spots, which comes from what I say, doubt, comes from doubt, um, which a lot of people may not see it. It comes from doubt. It comes from like second guessing, procrastination. Um, it comes from from at times, at times, it's a drastic loss of confidence. And so when that confidence is gone, I got to finish my story. So when that confidence is gone, I now can just look across the room. I can roll over, I send a text, I can make a phone call, and all of that can be brought back to life. It can be brought back to where it really was. It can be brought back to that light that she sees in me, even though I'm living at these dark points. We can then go together and bring more light to each other. So now that the God is back, it then brings me to like this year in general, June, February, March, April, May, June, um, building up to this day. Um, I, I, I was part on like the idea of a good, a good wedding because me being a DJ, me being the owner of a, a wedding planning company, mm -hmm. and I just wanted her to have the best day ever. Um, lo and behold, she don't, she low key don't even care about none of that. She just so um, once time came for that, we had everything together by February, February, March, we was ready to go, putting things in motion. Um, and then COVID happened. And so that really slowed us down and, and showed us what really mattered. And us being that compatible, everything I just explained is what is what we really took from the COVID experience because we got to spend a whole lot more time together. And I'm, I'm sure there are some couples out there, some married couples out there, single people who are dating or whatever. Like the COVID experience kind of strayed you away from another person. But you know, for us, it brought us together because we were able to see the, the, the beauty in our differences. We were able to see the, um, 
the confidence within ourselves to be able to see how, again, our differences are able to balance everything out. And so I say that because somebody who's different from you, you know what I'm saying? Tap in. They're different for reasons. Um, even one thing like not looking at, I don't know if y'all can help me with this. It's, it's been something going around, going around. They say, don't judge the symptoms. Um, kind of like just the source. Like, where are these symptoms? Yeah. Why is this person like that? And being able to look at the whole world from a spectrum like that, especially with my wife, that's that's very big. So now that she's back as a black man, I'm very hard on myself. Um, and so to be vulnerable, to get married on June 20th, and kind of a private ceremony with my family, immediate family, her family, um, it meant a whole lot. Because the base of all of that, as far as this level, I am now as a 30-year-old uh, black man, I'm able to be vulnerable. Um, I'm able to be naked, uh, which is even for me, even more vulnerable. I'm able to be honest at a whole other level. And more than that, I'm able to be free because we don't get that much in the world. So to be able to come to a household um, and have a person who allows me my full freedom, um, I don't have to go against anything, it's the best feeling in the world. And I hope every black man can feel that. Wherever your love goes, I hope you find a partner, you find something that allows you to be just as free as I'm gonna continue to be. I'm, I'm sad I missed the story. It's cool, you know, we'll be live, you know, stream it later. I tried to go through. I wish it was here because you had me go through it, but I was nervous and all. I think a big major part of it is like seeing your progress, whether it be career, whether it be marriage, whether it be um, purchasing a home. Mm -hmm. Like, as a black man, these are things that you aim for, but sometimes they feel so out of reach. You know what I'm saying? Like, you feel like they, and you also put them in steps. Mm -hmm. I was going to jump into that because, you know, that goes into me. You place deadlines and expectations on yourself yeah. as far as I have to do this, this, and this before I can do this. And I placed deadlines, whether mentally or I verbalized them to my now fiance. <laughs> right. Because right. I also had this ideology of, no, this needs to happen mm -hmm. at this time period for it to be real. Yeah. So let's dive into you then. We can, we can dive into to, to you, um, big shot to Kate, man. I'm name dropping. Big shot to Keetra's, Keetra's white. Um, P. White. <laughs> P. White. So, for you, let's take it back a couple steps. Put your phone sitting on. You can't hear it. Yeah, I can hear it. It's, it's cracking a little. It cracks when you talk. Maybe I'm shaking it. Maybe I, I got face or something. So it's no, because I'm holding it in my hand and it's still shaking. Every time you talk, it has a shaking noise. Okay. Well, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. It's still here. Okay. At your most ultimate, at your most ultimate anti-marriage point, yo, this can be with Kaylin, without Kaylin, preferably in past years, go like, like 14 or something. But in your most anti-marriage point of life, can you describe why you felt that way. Anti-marriage? Yeah, like, uh, you know, I ain't really with it, or I'm not with it as much as I am at other points. Because I felt like it's very 
hard. I felt like the world and society put these expectations on people. Mm-hmm. And I felt like for myself, it would be very hard to find a partner who understood that. And you know how I think about stuff a lot of times outside of the box. Yeah. So to me, it it just compromise. I don't like the word compromise. And I feel like that's the word that's constantly, 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 constantly used in marriage. Weird. And I mean, I think you and I talked about this. I, I like the word coming to agreement better than compromise. Um, me, Aaron Lewis and Taylor stayed up till five in the morning, actually talking last week. And they were trying to tell me my idea of compromise is the same thing. I have a negative idea of what compromise is because coming to an understanding is also a compromise. Yeah. So for me, at the height of my anti, because it felt like I would have to, I guess, lose a part of myself. That's what I yeah. Hush, you know, hush it down. Whatever it is, it just seemed like I would have to set up, sell out or settle to mm. get ultimate marriage and happiness. Yeah. I feel you on that, though. Um, on the flip side of that, though, if you take the marriage aspect out, why did you want to? Why do you think you wanted to hold on to yourself? Like, hold on to your full, um, whether it be self awareness, potential, opportunity. Why did you want to hold on to that? I know. Why, how you feel that? Okay, so for me, I feel like being an immigrant, mm-hmm. I, have, I did not become liberated and see women in these open mind places until I moved to the United States. And even then, I have to like, have to realize every person I went to school with back home is married with kids um marriages are kind of like a business plan no one is married for love and so for me who I've worked hard to become was a you know a little bit Americanized a little bit Sudanese a little bit from like from my life experiences and I just felt like not being able to hold on to that for the sake of happily ever after it's like what else? What else is there? Like, what else you got to offer for me to hang all of this up that I've worked so hard? Because I feel like my identity was a learned identity. I don't feel like it just—I was just born into it. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I worked very hard to unpack and to learn and to unlearn up until this point in my life for me to just be like, oh, okay, let's throw it out. And yeah. then I, 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 like you said, the marriages that you knew around you, too many times after women get divorced, do they express their true feelings and be like, I let go of myself for you. I sacrifice this for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, why did that happen? They turn up after divorce. Like, when we talk about self-awareness, like, after divorce, I've seen some people really blossom into themselves. And that scares me, because why did it take that for you to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, we've seen some people glow the fuck up. Like, why? Why were you not able to glow up in that marriage? Was it self-inflicted holding yourself back? Thinking that, you know, was it self-inflicted or is the person that you're with holding you back? Yeah. yeah. And then that, you, that's honestly my biggest fear. Hope is neither one because either, either one of them is even more scary. But it has to be because how come all of a sudden y'all, you know, y'all break up or y'all get a divorce and you're finally your best self? Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like a lot of times society plays a hand in it. It's not really the, t- the person that you're in a relationship with. Society has these high expectations of you. Yeah. Which which for me goes back to what I was talking about. When you had, when you were gone, it was kind of, 
idea of self-worth, mm-hmm. continuously questioning my self-worth and trying to find balance between being somebody or being who God wants me to be or being the ultimate Brian. When on the other end, I can just chill. When on the other end, I can actually sit down. When on the other end, I can just be. Yeah. Um, get that B, B. <laughs> I should rap. I'll try to tell you. But um, like I say, Pekitra's introduced that to me. Introduced that not only that there can be a balance, but there should be a balance. There should be a balance of you being able to be your strong, unique, passionate, um, impactful self. But at the same time, being able to be vulnerable um, and what I call free, as far as bringing those two things together, that that empowerment or that anti vulnerability, that's the perfect freedom. And it took me a while to get to that. I say, my even in the past couple of years, my battle has been like, man, I should be doing more. But literally, whenever I come come home, whenever I talk to her, it's you're doing enough. Yeah. Which then what you're saying, we're agreeing on society don't play that. Like, yeah, I can be here with you forever. Yeah. Or take you out of the picture. I can do nothing forever. But because of who we are, because of what we believe we're called to do, because of what we believe we've been tapped on the shoulders throughout our lives, um, to wake up and be, I think it's a, it's a lot more. And even when we think about like black love, mm-hmm. Almost every person, even when we watch the Black Love documentary and stuff like that, they're all starting something new. Like, they're not, unlike our Caucasian counterparts, we're not following in our parents' footsteps. We're not following in our traditions. We're not like, oh, you know, white women, this is what their tradition is. Like, your last name, white, not like white women. But, and like for me, culturally, like this would be starting a new family, starting a new, um, traditions like you know it's it's i think for black love as a whole there's usually a fresh start you're usually the first to do it mm-hmm. if not the first to do it you want to be the first to do it out of love and not out of situational yeah no one got pregnant that's why y'all, you know what i'm saying it's not yeah. like oh someone got pregnant we got married so it's it puts a heavier weight on it so much on us it's so much on us and I'm not, I, I wish we had someone here. I know plenty of people who are happy, um, who who are who look at their societal woes in various ways, how to get to their marriage. You know, we can have them on the show later um, because we, we definitely aligned our lives in ways to where this is, this is a great time for us as far as love. Um, a lot of people may say like, oh, yeah, old, even though I'm older than you, but it may say like you're old. I can't think of any other thing. I can't think of any other uh, variable that's that's letting me know like that this ain't it or this is wrong or this is forced or this is you know something else. And I'm I'm very proud of that. And I'm happy about that. And I'm happy about that for you. Unless you're going to prove me wrong. Oh no, I'm happy about it. Um, I had someone message me and say, I guess something along the lines of like. Now you can stop tripping over deadlines. <laughs> I don't think I should. I think, I think, <laughs> in my personal belief, mm-hmm. I'm no, I'm not saying. Let me see. I don't think it was too late because obviously <laughs> still here. Yeah. It's not like we broke up and then he proposed to me. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like 
we struggled with the idea of my timeline versus his timeline. And when I was telling my friends, I was like, I, I stopped tripping on it in my head. But it wasn't more so because I gave up on the fact that he was going to do it. It's because I finally, I think me and you had that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I finally realized, like, I have a timeline. He has a timeline. Mm-hmm. And if the timeline doesn't match, does that mean that the, the love isn't real? Or does it mean that the compatibility isn't there? What does it mean when our timelines don't match? Yeah. Because it's not that it's not on his radar at all. It, to me, it just literally was, I have a timeline. He has a timeline. Yep. And this is one thing that his timeline gets to dictate. <laughs> All right. So, like, what does it mean? You know, I, I literally was sitting in the cross talking for like an hour and a half. Like, what does it mean at that point? I know. And then that's when I was like, I know my flaws. Mm-hmm. They could play a part in it. But, you know, when you're in the zone, all that goes out the window. Yeah, because I, I was definitely about to ask, like, um, if you had a time in your head to where it would be over. But just knowing y'all's story, I never saw it be an option without it being something like totally separate, like it being something outside of who you both already are, what you've already been through, um, how you already care about each other and what you both already want in the future. Now something else crazy happened. So this yeah. is the thing. I put more pressure on our relationship when there's other factors involved. Mm-hmm. For example, yeah. last week, I said, fuck this shit. I'm moving to D.C. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't ignited because anything within our relationship. It was ignited because I got to quit my job. I don't like the job. They said they're going to report my teaching certificate. So I guess God's telling me to get out. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I will say the times that I feel the most suffocated, the most anxious is when there's a decision to be made. And I don't ever want to be making a decision off of a boyfriend at that point. So at that point is when I get overwhelmed and I get like, even moving to Atlanta was like, "Uh, do you move to Atlanta? Do you move to DC? I want to move, you know, I'm going to move to Atlanta because that's the logical thing to do. But then once I got here, my anxiety hit the roof because I'm like, I made a decision off the boyfriend. So that's where that being overly too feminist comes in because you don't ever want to be a dummy. You know, no one ever wants to be looked at as stupid. And you can ask the teachers about this. Yep. Y'all be thinking y'all can move out of love, but a girl don't, I don't ever want to be just stupid. You know what I'm saying? So even with that instance, anytime a decision needs to be made, that's when I get overwhelmed. Because yeah. I want to think about us, but you ain't put no pressure or like heavy commitment on us. So why am I walking around making decisions off of us? Yeah. And that's honestly the biggest part. That's literally where all my pressure and anxiety comes from. And, and then, you know, from there, spirals. Yeah, that's tug and pull, though. So I'm I'm happy that there was a tug and pull and not just a tug and tug or a pull, 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 pull. Um, because we can dive into all the ups and downs. But I think June gave us enough downs um, oh, yeah. for us to just be able to talk about the ups. So we can have another – we can have – I think in the future, we always talk about future episodes. That's because we got so many ideas. But I got to run through me and Pekitra's whole timeline. Right? Uh-huh. I got to go from 2002 to 2020. Mm. But I'm not going to do it right now. So I might do it, you know, in 2022. Whenever I do it, I got to... 2002 might, to 2020. 2002 to 2020. 18 years. It took us 18 years to get here from the, the time we met. 
summer camp in the Great Lawrence, South Carolina. Summer camp called Champs. Communities helping, assisting, motivating, promising students. You know, so for us to get here, that's a lot. And I, I don't, I won't, for everyone listening, I want everybody to know that it's a journey. It's a, it's a, it's a process. It, it, it's not like, as a would say, it's not a Disney Channel movie. You know, when I first met her, she let me know like this thing ain't a Disney Channel movie. And y'all out here in the Carolinas and America thinking life is a Disney Channel movie and love is a Disney Channel movie. And it's not. It ain't at all. Cause I don't if even if you try to make a Disney Channel movie out of me and Pekidris' relationship, you're gonna be skipping a whole lot of stuff just to put some flowers into it. Um, but we're here now. But can we acknowledge that it took two people who loved each other? Absolutely. So we're here now so we can I want to talk about the flowers. Black love matters. Black lives matter. And I think those two things, as we opened up with, can both coexist. Mm-hmm. The um, the fight, while at the same time the comfort, um, the struggle, while at the same time the belief is better. Uh, the question of who I am, who am I, while at the same time standing strong and firmly on who you know you are. Yeah. I think things exist. So knowing that black love matters, you can go first. What I don't know, describe you gotta go into you. I need a story. So you you fill in the blank. I got a text, right? This is live. I'm sure he done told you. I got a text. I'm gonna say the day before. Okay. We can go back a week, right? Because I got married the week before. We came to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Or um, Pakeisha get her hat done, All right? Pulled up on you, uh, pulled up on y'all, and then we went and got something to eat. Uh, while we were riding with y'all, you know, Kaylin shot us a picture. He shot us a picture, and then he looked back in the back seat and was like, "Yeah, while you were driving." And so the conversation really didn't go no no further than that. But to even take a step back before that, while she was getting her hair done, he told me, he was like, yeah, I'm going to give him all the credit. He was like, Ben had the ring. I ain't going to tell no time. He might have told you, Ben had the ring. Like, long, 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 long. We've been with it, right? And so that was that's where it kind of stopped when we was at the house. I forgot where you went. You went somewhere real quick. He was like, Ben had the ring, bro. Um, I'm going to leave it at that. That's between me and my man, you know what I'm saying? And so then again, we went to eat. We sent the picture. Look back, Ben. Keeps like, ah! So then we go home. I'm like, cool, it's COVID. I know Kaylin is, 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 is possibly one of the most, um, I wouldn't even say over the top. He's, you know, very specific and, he's you know, very detail oriented. How he puts things together. So I'm like, you know, it's June. June is wilding. You know, COVID going on. Um, so just let me know. If you need anything, let me know. Kill it. I think it was. This is Thursday night, Thursday, sometime on Thursday. I don't know if he was laying there with you. You was knocked out. I, don't know that. I was in South Carolina the whole week. Okay, word. There you go. So it was Thursday. This is late, too, I think. He was like, Bro, I'm going to do it tomorrow. It wasn't, no, I think I'm going to do it. It wasn't none of that. It was like, I'm doing it tomorrow. I was, I, I was like, bam, and bam. So I think I went back and forth with him. You straight, Ben. You never been, 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 And then he Facetime. I mean, he Facetime me. Um, or called me. One of the two. 
later on, um, we were just talking about you because I think you were finally making your way back. Mm-hmm. So we were just going back and forth on. Um, it really wasn't nothing deep. I was trying to let him talk because I remember how I felt when I was about to call. I just wish I had somebody to talk because on the flip, I was I had to come home from DJ. You was with her the whole day. I yeah, I got back. I had a wedding in Charleston the night before. They got me a room. I woke up, got back to South Carolina. It rained out. I mean, got back to um, Greenville. It rained all the way to Greenville. But then by the time I got home, it was cool. So then I left. I made up a reason to leave and go buy some shoes. I actually called um, Phil. I called um, Philip Smith. I called him because I just made up a reason to ask him which shoes should I get, even though I knew what I wanted. I was like, I'm going to let Phil decide. Uh, and then I just vented the field. And so I figured, like, I could do that for Kaylin. Um, and he was definitely nervous. He was definitely nervous. Uh, he didn't want you to get there too fast. So this was probably, like, around 2 or 3. And he was like, you know, this one, the photographer going to get here. I'm ready. I've been ready all day. Bim, 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 bim. And I said, love you, bro. You got it. Hit me if you need me. He said, we going to call you. She'll probably call you afterward. It actually happened. It's funny because I just don't be understanding what makes y'all so nervous. What you mean? What? I literally don't ask until you, what did you say, tagged and bagged? Yeah. There's obviously no way the girl gonna say no. Like, what makes y'all nervous? Y'all should be walking into this as secure as possible. Again, but when you say secure for us, it's being 100% vulnerable. And like my man's saying, it's, it's, all this is facts because we literally, all right? Like, I literally, like, what do you think the worst that's gonna happen? She say no. I don't know. It's just it's that's a good question. But if you say no, no, you're not gonna say no. That's the cover. no because y'all literally secure the idea. Like even with you, you and Bakisha was on your way to take couple pictures. <laughs> Who gonna say no at couples pictures? Like, but it's 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 cute. Right. Let's not let's not disregard the situation <laughs> where people have been told no. I myself don't understand how that can happen. I myself have had the conversation. Dozens, hundreds of times oh, yeah. prior to doing it, right? I understood her. I knew her. I can't really speak for the man who is doing it. They don't really know what this girl wants or they're doing yeah. to try to get her back. I think that's what you mentioned. Like a lot of that may be a thing, like to show her I'm serious, I'm proposed. But when it comes to me and Kayla, what I believe, yeah, I knew that's your fiance. We knew. I mean, yo, 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 fiance. fiance. We knew. We had a, a good idea. 99.999% idea that you say yes, because what y'all been begging for forever from us specifically, what we've been fussing over and getting tripped up over and being looked at crazy over, while at the same time being motivated and pushed and, and loved and all of that too. Y'all did that too. But for us, looking in the mirror, that man was by himself at the crib. It wasn't like he was there to like keep him confident. Like, yeah, when you propose tonight, it's going to be beautiful. You're going to be out of <laughs> We gotta come up with all of that by ourselves, right? Something we've never done before, as we talked about something that we ain't really seen nobody do before. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, when we do it, we know it's no turning back. So it's not a fear, but it's still everything that we've done in the past, everything that we that we knew we were, we believe we were, has built up to this moment. And this point is going to be like a landmark. It's going to be. A, a, it's going to be a turning point to when lives change. Multiple lives, not just one, multiple lives. And yeah. that's where the, the nervousness comes from. Okay. 
Thank y'all for saying yes. Thank you for saying yes. I needed that. Oh my, woo! Look, I needed that, but that's what that, I, I was talking about being vulnerable, and that's how I'm gonna wrap up the whole show. Just guys or women too. Like for me, marriage is freedom. It's freedom to be you, and it's crazy because building up to that point, question all of that. Like you think, you know, man, am I gonna have to like you say? Um, you didn't say conform, which is a whole other idea. Um, compromise, compromise, conform, meet halfway, all of that. Um, and that's a whole other topic. But I think what's like right when we wrap up, what's really beautiful about you and Pakicha's union is we talked about it, that marriage over wedding. Mm-hmm. And mm. you woke up the next day as a husband without the big party. Without the huge honeymoon. So it takes away all those societal norms of what makes a wedding and what makes a marriage. And y'all really get to experience everyday marriage. Yep. What really matters again. Yeah. And then y'all get to celebrate that at the end. Not at the end, but like you get to celebrate that after accomplishing it. Not pre, you know, like it's beautiful. That's what it is. I'm, I'm, despite the circumstances, I'm very excited that you guys get to experience marriage above a wedding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got my tears in, but for you real quick, as far as your experience, because because I left the point when we talk about Caitlin being uh, meticulous and detailed, um, for him to be able to pull it off in his own way, um, in a more intimate uh, intimate setting in general, I can't even think about no other way compared to something grandiose that involves, again, societal norms or a lot of people that's going to get a lot of likes at the most. Yeah. You know, get a lot of compliments. Um, how did you feel walking walking in and that happening? So when I opened the door, or when he opened the door and I saw what was behind him, I got to saw flowers, I instantly was like, I don't want to come in. Because uh-huh. he just hit me like, oh, shit. Word. You knew that <laughs> I stood at the door like, I don't want to come in. And he's like, what do you mean you don't want to come in? Like, you know, but to me, when I say it was perfect, mm. it was literally perfect because, uh, it was very us. It was just me and him. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that it was at home, now I can call it home. Because yeah. even when you came a week prior, what did I keep calling it? Kayla's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, <laughs> I, I mean, it was perfect. Like, it really was perfect. And I know he was talking about a park because we talked a little bit. I'm like, I'm glad that didn't work out because it literally was just a us moment. And to me, the beginning of our relationship at a different, you know, on a deeper aspect, like it's not going to happen anywhere else. This is this is where we are. This is our home. So we can start. This is where we'll start our union. Mm-hmm. One, one thing I admire, not I wasn't there, but um, when he did his, his recap on the story um, was before, it, it took him a while to pop the question. Like, to get on. oh, yeah. So. One thing that I think is dope, because when I did it, like nobody knew what me and Pakisha were talking about. Oh, yeah, I love that. And at the same time, in my head, it wasn't like, oh, I need to hurry up and get on a knee for them. You were out there. I wasn't thinking like y'all were hot. I wasn't thinking about none of that. I literally just wanted to talk to her. Yeah. She knew what was about to happen, but I wanted to talk to her. So in that moment, um, I don't know how long it was but how did, how did that feel? Like, if you can think back to it. Mm. Intentional. Yeah. 
like you said, it nothing nothing about it seemed rushed or let me just go ahead and ask and yeah. you say yes. It was a conversation. It was a reassuring moment. Like it wasn't him proposing was not the reassuring of the relationship. The speech or our conversation, mostly him talking prior, that was the most that was the most intimate part where it was just like. I'm telling you what this is about to me versus this ring about to let you stop talking all that junk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was very much like, this is what I'm promising from this day forward. This is our new beginning. And it was very intimate. So I told him like when I called in, it messed up the side view camera, the side <laughs> view camera would have let y'all be all up in our business. So right. I was very happy that that happened. <laughs> but like you said, it just, it wasn't about anybody else. Mm-hmm. It was just us in that moment. So even yeah. when he was nervous and it was just us, I kept laughing like, why are you nervous? Even though I was nervous, but I'm just like, why are you nervous? It's literally just us two. Yeah. But yeah, and I hope, I hope and I know rather that y'all will continue to be uh as free as y'all can with each other. Um and the nervousness definitely comes from the other end of that the world is out here being shaken up. Yeah. And that we wanna definitely still be worth something. We still wanna maintain our value. We be able to provide um, however even though that side exists the other side exists that because of you you know he's able to then find that balance and go back out every time and and do the things that he wants to do and deserves to do and get the accomplishments and the success that's coming his way and that's because of you and i'm speaking from that because bakitra's also does that for me and so everybody, when I was single, I didn't have that. It was just like, let's go, 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 go. You against the world. Yeah. yeah. And so to be able to have that balance now, um, that's why black love matters. That's why um, love in general matters. But it definitely as far as what society has placed on us as black people, you know, love in general matters uh, way more than I can even describe. That's perfect. Wrap it up with that. Black love matters because it refuels. For what the world has to offer. What matters? The fuel for the future. Yeah, man. So we back. It's episode 10. We might be back that week, but either way, y'all may be getting a new format. Uh, we may cut the live out. I'll let y'all know straight up. We may cut the live out. Maybe I just might get to talk and package for you because we got a lot to talk about, but um, we're probably going to stay live. Stay tuned for what's coming up. Um, we want to hear a lot more from you guys. Much more interaction. Follow a baby RNC. Um, we got some digital stuff coming, also digital opportunities, experiences coming for everybody. Um, whether you're high school, college, and especially if you're a young adult, young professional, uh, make sure you keep an eye on and tap in with us because there is a lot of work to do. There's more work to do, and what a baby is here for is to show the self worth that I struggle with, um, that many of us struggle with, to show. Um, our members, not just our members, but our audience, not just our audience, but the whole world. The community, yeah. The community, especially for those for those who are underprivileged, um, that we have a worth. And that's where the work comes from. It's impossible to do the work unless you know your worth. And that's where baby comes in. And that's how that's our form of protesting. That's our form of uh, stepping out and shaking things up because the future is going to be brighter than the past. Um, the future is going to be brighter than present. And the only way that we believe we can make that happen is by educating our peers and especially those that are going to come after us. That and you're inspiring. Educating and inspiring. Educating, educating and inspiring because Gen Z is not out there playing with y'all. 
right? So if nothing else, it's our job at our age to take our truths, our journeys, and let them know that when you come up, you got this. You can, you can uh, shake the table way more than we were able to sit down yeah. at. So um, if you ever were wondering what a baby is up to, what we're, what we're about to do, what we're planning, um, that's the source of it. But outside of that, every day is a good day for policy change. So anybody in that position uh, to speak, um, to shift, um, to sign, we're definitely, happy. Yeah, we're definitely there for that also. So I had to get that out because I know that's a question I ask myself all month, like what can we do? And and now I'm, I can stand strongly on that. Yeah. It's the first of the month. It's the first of the month. Do we got any... um? What was the last segment called? Art and Life? Art for Life? What segment? When we had the art joints, we were showing people art. We were showing people like books, music. Oh, I don't know what you called it. I mean, we are going to do Art for Life, Art in Life. I thought I like, I like Art for Life. That sounds dope. Art for Life. Art in Life. Art of Life. Art of Life. I think we're gonna roll with art of life. Um, just, yeah, to close out. No, I'm gonna ask you first because I, I don't think we even really, like even have anything prepared, and I'm sure your arm is hurting by now. What like in the past month has been a lot of music to come out, a lot of art in general. Like, what's something dope that that caught you, that inspired you, or like that you felt? So within the heaviness of this these months, I've literally just been listening to happy things. And even even with if you guys notice that Hulu and Netflix have the Black Lives Matter collection and it's heavy and it's full of education. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's way too heavy for me. So I'd be like, OK, let's go to the comedy. Um, Ungodly Hours been nonstop played yep. because it just it's so happy like even the non-happy the beats it's just so joyful and yeah. i just feel like i needed that heavily yeah that's top that's top top five not two, top three albums for me just off the musicality and the the um the like skip. the growth everything about it like it's just one of those albums every time i get in the car it's on a different playlist i haven't driven anywhere that can play the whole album at one time anyway so you just let it go um, so again, the, that just brings us full circle as far as the balance that we need in life. Um, we we run the ungodly out joint back to back. I say um, for me, I definitely have been looking to hip hop because hip hop raised me a lot, um, especially in trying times through my life. And I want to give a big shout to Nick Grant, who is actually from South Carolina. Um, he is a, a artist. I don't even say a rapper. Um, he put out an EP called God Bless the Child. So if you are looking for not just revolutionary raps, but introspective raps, given what's going on in this time, um, check that out. That's an EP called God Bless the Child by Nick Grant. I can keep going. Um, Wale's in Perfect Storm. Mm-hmm. And Jim Jones dropped off at the jump. Um, Got to give a big shout out to uh, Lil Baby. He shook the whole you know, joint with his. Um, Keanu Lady did a cover. Amber Mark did a cover. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of dope music out there. A lot of dope music out and um, in reverse to this, um, but I also say on the balance side, that sick, that um, black uh, six piece hot. Oh yeah, go check that out. That's right. That bring bring us back to you know, bring us back to that center. So again, everybody, make sure you get that perfect balance. Don't be too hard on yourself. But at the same time, don't get too comfortable. But at the same time, be hard on yourself. And at the same time, make sure you comfortable. That's the best be white way we can end this.
That's it. Ten, baby. Oh, you got a ring? Ring game. You got a ring? Ah! <laughs> we go, man. We'll see y'all whenever we see y'all, man. Much love. Stay safe. Stay sanitized. Stay blessed. Deep up.